uh, Pastor Randy said, I can't let that go without letting everybody know that the donation to our church is protected by the Internal Revenue Code 508. You can get a tax deduction so that you can relieve yourself of having to pay the government federal, uh, federal tax dollars so that you can continue to give because we do a lot of great things here. You're an accountant. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> anyway, so if we can turn to um, chapter 20. Matt, we're going to be reading from the book of Matthew, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Going out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. He said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? And he said to them, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at their master of the house, saying, These last workers uh, worked only one hour, and you, gave, you have made them equal to us, and have, who, us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give to the last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. Let's say our scripture declaration together. Lord, we honor your word to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit in our life's practice. brother appreciate it and uh, I'm not going to give you a hard time about being an accountant I promise you all right we thank you guys for being here we've been talking a little bit over the last couple of weeks about being grateful and the attitude of gratitude that we have and a couple of weeks back we talked a little bit about something that I really want to make sure that we remember let's go to our next slide here you guys remember this image that I shared with you a couple of weeks ago the idea being if you walk in somebody's shoes you get a little bit of a sense of what's going on but if you don't and you just simply walk in your own shoes it's very hard for you to really get a sense of the things that have been blessing you in your life because truth be told for most of us what we have is what we just simply begin to assume. It's something that is just kind of expected, and so it's very, very hard for us to ever be grateful whenever we're living in the economy of expectations. And so I just share with you today, these shoes, each one, no doubt, has its own story wherever they have been. And it's just a reminder that you and I walk in a different pair of shoes each day. Now, 
I'm just going to stop for a second. And as I look at these shoes, I'm not going to lie. I, I think personally, if I were to guess the shoes that I would want to walk in, I think it's like the, the fourth pair over on this first row. Because those look like they're stylish. Those look like they cost more than almost everything on there. And I feel like that's the pair that I want. Am I wrong about that? I mean, I know that might not be the one that you want, but I, let me ask you, find a spot. Find a pair of shoes up there that you think, you know what, that's going to be the best pair of shoes for me to walk in if I want to have a different life, a better life, right? But let me ask you this. Okay, y'all see the shoes I'm talking about? Y'all see the ones I'm talking about? I'm talking about those brown ones right there. They look better than everybody else's. They look sharper than everybody else. Got a nice shine on them. They got that style to them. It's a little better than kind of the older styles some of those are. So those are the shoes for me. But let me ask you a question. What if I go, yes, this is awesome. This is going to be good. And I put on those shoes. And instead of finding those shoes to be exactly what I expect, they've got a hole in the bottom of the sole. I mean, can you imagine, like, it looks good on the top and on the surface, but then you're walking around, and every time you walk through any kind of rain puddle, your whole sock gets wet and stays wet all day long, right? And you're like, man, what have I chosen, right? I thought I was making a good decision or a smart thing to do. Because the truth of the matter is, is that it is always good for us to remember that a lot of shoes that we choose to walk in are shoes that look pretty much the same and look good on the outside, but we have no idea what's really going on on the inside. You guys see where I'm going with this, amen? You guys understand what I'm saying here? And as we go down this line, as we begin to think about these passages of Scripture that we've had read to us from Paul, I want to talk not, not from Paul the Apostle, but from Paul the Accountant that we met today. Uh, but as Paul read the Scriptures today, thank you, Paul, um, as he read that scripture, I don't know how much you were listening, but we're going to go deep on that for a little bit because the truth of the matter is, is that there is a huge thing that we don't understand often about thanksgiving and gratitude that Paul read to us as our master spoke to us in Luke. So let's go to our next, or pardon me, in Matthew chapter 20. I've talked a little bit about this, the benefits of gratitude, a happier you, a fitter you, a better you. These are all scientifically proven. And this particular thing that I've got here did not come from a, a website that has to do with anything Christian at all. It is actually a psychological website. Uh, and so it talks about all the ways that a person who is grateful has these things happening more and more in their life. And so just know that even if you're not interested in the, the scriptural side of things, you can understand that God's word has a way of finding truth no matter what direction it goes. And it goes into the psychological, the physical, as well as the emotional and the social. So it's very important. Let's keep moving here as we go. And this is something to learn. Jesus often told parables to reinforce the heavenly concepts. Because truth be told, sometimes the heavenly concepts are hard for us to grasp. They're a little over our head. And there's sometimes even hard for us to remember every word because it's not something that we use every day. But Christ spoke in parables so that they could be memorable and understandable, even if you were a child. That is what is so incredible about theology and about Christ's teachings. They're easy enough for a child to grasp, and yet deep enough for you and I and the philosophers all over the world to keep diving deep. It is a thing that never runs out in its power and its depth, but it is also graspable, if that's a word, I don't know, but graspable by even the most simple mind. 
And in this passage of scripture that Paul read from Matthew 20, we see an incredible information piece that you might have missed. So we're going to go deep on it. Let's go to our next slide here. So don't miss this. People who win the war within their own mind have learned how to direct their feelings and not allow their feelings to direct them. We talked on the very first week about how important it was that we make the right choice when it comes to gratitude. And so it's so important for us to make the right choice when it comes to gratitude. All right. Now, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do, okay? So I'm going to ask Eric to come up here. Eric, come on up here. So here's what we're going to do, okay? I want you to stand literally right here where I'm standing and face this way, and I'm going to come down here for a second. And everybody, you guys don't know this, but this is section one, and this is section two, this is section three, and this is section four. Y'all don't know that because y'all probably count it from the other way, but the real way is looking at the from the stage out because that's the way I do it every single week, right? So this is section one, two, three, and four. So Eric, you're going to choose a section in just a moment between section one and two, and I'm going to put up an odd or an even uh, number here, okay? So let's just say, are you, uh, let's do do it this way, odd or even, okay? Yes, yes. Odd. Odd. Okay, well, you're incorrect. It was actually even, so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you, now that you're looking right at me, pick out somebody from section number two, just point to them, the first person that you see, point to them. You don't even have to know their name, okay? So who is that that you're pointing to? Kyra Robinson, come on up here. (laughs) Kyra Robinson, come on up here. And I want you to just stand right here for just a quick second. All right, so now right over here, I'm looking over here. You ready? Look at me. Not, Not at them, look at me. Odd or even? Even. You're right, actually. So pick somebody from number four, and it doesn't have to be anybody you know. All you got to do is just point to them. Uh, All right. Who are we we talking about here? uh, Uh, This row, this row, this row. Where are we at? Third row, Kim. Third row, Kim Potts. Okay, Kim Potts, come right on up here. Okay, so Kim Potts, I want you to stand right here for me for just a second. Okay. Now, I need you and you to really cooperate with me. And y'all are like, can I find somebody else? Thank you, Eric. You're done. You're good. And this is all your fault. I want you to know. Okay. So real quickly, I want you guys to understand that you're going to go away from this with something good that you did not have a moment ago. But I'm also going to tell you that your feelings will change and you're going to be tempted to feel a different way than you initially feel. You guys with me? Okay. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. Since Kyra is younger, I'm going to choose what I have in my pocket, and I don't know which one I'm going to pull out, but you're entitled to the first one. I have no idea which one is which. I really don't. My wife gave them to me today because I had to ask for them because she doesn't really trust me. You have a $20 bill. Okay? All right? Kim? You get the leftovers. (laughs) You get a $5 bill, okay? All right, so let me ask you guys this question. 
How many of you are really, really happy if you're Kyra? Can I see your hands? I mean, free $20. Y'all don't act like you don't care because that's, that's four Taco Bell visits for me at least. Or, oh, Holly O's over there going, I am good. Ch- choose me. Choose me. $20 is $20, and you have $20 that you did not have. And by the way, breaking school records as you go and high school records in the swim meet. Give me five again. Hopefully some of that will rub off on me, an incredible swimmer. Okay, so this is good. Let me ask you this. How do you feel if you're Kim? Say that again. I'm going I'm to I'm pull my uh, Britney Spears mic over here. Hold, hold on. Did you hear what she said? I have five more dollars than I had before. Now, let me ask you this. Can we give a hand to these ladies and then I'll get serious? Thank you guys, y'all can be seated. No, you're keeping it, you're keeping it. I really do want you to keep it. Thank you very much, okay. Man, I can't be talking about Jesus giving things and then take stuff back, right? Come on, okay. So let me ask you this. Y'all are all like, oh, this is great. This is great because I don't usually see Pastor Randy handing out money, that is true. Ask Tori. She's here today with me. Pastor Randy doesn't hand out money. Uh, Tori's my daughter, by the way. Uh, So let me ask you this. This is all great. This is all fun. Everything's grins and giggles. But how many of you guys are going to be frustrated if you find out when the Christmas bonuses come that they're less uh, this year than they were last year? How many of you guys are going to be frustrated if you get a Christmas bonus that was just as good as last year, but you find out somebody in your same position got twice as much as you. Ah, now I'm just getting into meddling, right? (laughs) Why does this matter? Because truthfully, a bonus is a bonus is a bonus, and you didn't have to get paid it, and it is a blessing. But we become very different about our blessings when they become expectations, don't we? And whenever we begin to put our blessings in comparison to somebody else's blessings, that's when we lose the blessing of the blessing. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Can I get an amen on that? I want you to think about this for a moment. We do not count our blessings in proportion to what we did not earn. We count our blessings in proportion to what other people have been blessed with. And we're not even accurate about that. Because the truth is, is that I don't want your life, but I want some parts of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd like your wardrobe, but you can keep your car, and I'll keep mine. And I love your relationship with your kids, but I'm not crazy about the one you got with your wife. So you can keep that one, or you can keep that one, and I'll keep this one, and then I'll keep mine. You see how we start combining all these comparisons? And they're not even apples to apples anymore. And then we have this thing that invades us where we do not appreciate a blessing as a blessing because we're not even comparing things to accurate information. And how many of y'all know that Meta and Snapchat and Instagram are nothing but a highlight reel that is affecting you sometimes to think about what you think other people have that they do not actually have? And so you get frustrated because God hasn't blessed you like that. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's about comparison. It's about combination of comparisons. And we get ourselves all twisted up in a knot, forgetting that we have so much to be grateful for. This passage of Scripture, those shoes that we talked about, all of these different things, this is what Thanksgiving 
is up against in our life, not only in our world and our society, but in our own hearts and lives. We don't think, hey, great, I left with $5 that I didn't have. We say, how come Kyra got 20 bucks and I only got five? You see, Kyra, I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Kim, you're good. I know you're not saying that, but I'm saying hypothetically, right? And I, and I, I told you guys, even from the beginning, that this was going to be something that would change you a little bit. You change how you feel about it in certain ways because we begin with a blessing and then we end in comparison and then blessings no longer feel like blessings. If you guys are with me, give me a good amen. Amen. All right. So very, hey, and I'll take a hand clap every time. That's right. Okay. So we go on to our next slide as we continue to move through. In Jewish culture of Jesus's day, basically it was a 12-hour day and a 12-hour night. 12 hours began at 6 a.m. and went to 6 p.m. And then night began at 6 p.m. and went to 6 a.m. Are you guys with me? And if you were working, you got a denarius. A denarius was actually a Roman denomination of money or coins, and it was the equivalent of one day's wages. So a denarius was one day's wages. So in this passage of Scripture that we just read a moment ago, when Paul read it, when these, Jesus is telling the story, he says that the master said, if you come and work for me a day, I will give you a day's wages, a denarius. And so they came. And everybody who knew that they had 12 hours in front of them was excited about it because they got hired instead of left in the marketplace. With me? With me? Okay. And then he went back again at nine hours left in the day, hired them and said, very careful about saying what he said. He said, I'll hire you and I will give you what is fair. I'll give you what is good. I'll make a decision about this and I'll be a blessing to you. You'll at least get a day's wages, at least. Or no, no, you'll at least get what you are earning. And they later get a full day's wages even though they didn't work it. Six hours is the same thing. Three hours, it's the same thing. And then at the 11th hour, there's only one hour left to work in the day's work. He, they're probably expecting just a tiny little bit. And he begins. And the first guy comes through who just worked an hour and he gives him a full day's wages. The next guy, the next guy, three hours, six hours, and then nine hours, and then the 12-hour people show up, and they're like, man, this is going to be good. <laughs> I can't wait to get this payday. And they got just a day's wages that at the beginning of their day was a blessing to them. And suddenly they are angry and frustrated. Let me just say something. If you're waiting for the world to be fair to you, you're going to be waiting for a very very, very long time. And if you let that be the thing that allows you to give gratitude and thanksgiving for what you have been given, then you are going to be waiting a very, very, very long time to actually be grateful for what you have, even if you have more than most. You hear what I'm saying? So we've got to be careful that we don't allow ourselves to shift and here is the jarring question that Jesus asks in Matthew chapter 20. He asks a very, very jarring question. He says it, it's going to be up here on the screen in just a moment. He says, am I not allowed to do with what I choose, with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? In the 
NIV version, Jesus basically asks it this way. He says, are you envious because I am generous? Are you envious because I'm generous? So here is what I would share with you. If you are envious because God can be generous, how many of you have had a time in your life where God was generous and you were on the positive end? And when that happens, what did you feel? You're like, oh, God is good. Oh, God is good. I didn't deserve this thing that I got. I deserved what I didn't get. That's, that's mercy. <laughs> I got more than I deserve. That's grace. Goodness received at Christ's expense. And all of these things are happening and all of these feelings are flooding in because if we really stop and think about it, we have been on the low side and on the high side. We have been where we didn't deserve and where we thought we deserved. And Jesus says, are you envious because I am generous? And this is powerful. I want us to keep moving here and I want us to keep going to our next slide. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 4 through 8, condensed down, says, Let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Verse 5 again says, For each will have to bear what? His own load. Some of you will have a harder road than I will. And some of you will have an easier road than I will. And some of you will have a similar road that I will. But if I'm worried more about your life, then I am not living my own. And I am not grateful for what I have because eventually there will come a time where I can be thankful just so much because I already know what you have in your own life. We've got to be very careful. Each one has to bear his own load. And then in verse 7, a very famous passage, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, he also reaps. For the one who sows to his flesh will reap the flesh corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And this is a big old tap on our shoulder to remind us that not a single one of us deserves the eternal life that we have been given. And yet, many of us forget to say, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul and saving me from the sins that I have committed and I've gone against you in. It's very important. Now, very quickly, let's go to our third something to learn. You're learning a lot today. Theologians and Bible scholars speak of the three omnis of God. The Bible teaches us that God is omnipresent, omniscient or all-knowing, and omnipotent, all-powerful. That means that God always knows what is best for every single one of us at all times. It's hard for us to fathom that God could know this much, and yet he is God, and he knows all, and it's so important for you to understand that even when we do not understand, God has a plan. And rather than worrying about those things that we want to compare, we have to get to the place where we say, you know what, Lord, I am willing to accept that this is your plan for me right now. I don't understand it. I don't like it. I don't get it. And I don't like the way that it stacks up against what I perceive for other people to have. But here's what I know, God. If I'm going to follow you and be in the economy where I can actually be grateful, 
then I have to say, God, I don't get it, but here's what I do know. I know you are good. I know you are God. You have all things in your hands. And whatever you choose for me, there is a reason and a plan and a purpose for it. And I will trust in you, in your divine wisdom, God. I will accept what you have for me right now. This is who God is, and we have to be able to trust him even when we don't have the same feelings that we'd love to have all the time. So this is our big idea very quickly as we move on, and then we're going to catch some steam here. God's character, his characteristics, and his consistent blessings are the source of thanksgiving and that we can live. And I shared this with you last week, but I added in the characteristics part because this is God's divine truth and his divine power, and his divine omniscience that he knows what is best and right for you to accomplish his purpose. And can I just share something with you? This world is trying to tell you constantly that you are the star of some movie. And the truth is, is that this is not your story, and it sure isn't my story. It is his story. All of history is his story, and it is about accomplishing God's purpose. Now, that makes it hard because if I'm always getting everything that I have and taking it through the lens and the idea of what do I want and what benefits me most, then I will often be frustrated because it is not my story. I'm not the star of this show. The star of the show is the Lord who is orchestrating and bringing it all about. And sometimes it is difficult for a bit player like me to understand what the plot of this story is. But here's what I will say. I got to trust the author to know that it is always good and even for my good and ultimately for his good above my own. And if I can accept that, then God is able to give me something in my heart called gratitude and thanksgiving. Otherwise, I'm just frustrated. I'm just hurt. I'm just angry. I'm just bitter. And there are people that you know that qualify in every one of those categories, and some of them even qualify in all of those categories. And one of them, you will probably see this coming Thanksgiving. God bless you. All right, let's keep moving here. But can we go back? Let's all say together the big idea on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. God's character, characteristics, and consistent blessings are the source of living thanksgiving. Now, here's where we go. I wrote this down as we go to our next slide. I wrote down the words, you are here. And you might think, well, Randy, you made a mistake. You accidentally left. You are here. No, every single one of the parables is for us as humankind. You're in this story. It's just a question of where you are. Now, I don't know where you are, and I don't even know where you are today, but you're in this story just like I am. But maybe you're a person who identifies most with the people who work for 12 hours of the day, or nine, or six, or three, or even the one. I don't know where your day finds you, and it's different for you today than it was six or eight or 10 months ago as well. So you are here. So stop for a moment and let's talk about where you are in this story. Let's go to our next slide and think about this. What if you're this person? When they get that denarius that you agreed on, you're kind of like Kim. You have what you didn't have before, but you didn't get it as good as you'd hoped in that moment. You see? So this is important. You might be there, but what about if you're on the next slide here? What if you're changing up? And when the ten heard, they were indignant with the two brothers. 
Jesus called to them and said, you know that rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their own exercise authority over them. This is a conversation that Jesus starts to have on down in the chapter from Matthew chapter 20. Because James and John, the sons of thunder, come to him and say, hey, Lord, we'd like for you to do us a favor. We want to sit at your right hand and your left hand so we can be important in the kingdom of God. And then he says these things. This is important if you're a Gentile and lording it over is exactly what you want, but it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be your slave. And even as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I want you to notice verse 24. And when the ten heard about it, they were indignant at the two brothers. You know what that means? They were mad, probably not because... You know, they asked that question, but because they didn't think to ask it first themselves. <laughs> you guys understand what I'm saying? It was like, man, that was a question I should have asked first because I'd like that same position. And so for us, again, this comparison thing comes in. And so it's so important that we understand this, and I don't want you to miss this, that basically the Christian life is not a race to see what you can get and keep. The Christian life is supposed to be a race to the bottom not to the top. The Christian life is supposed to be a race to the bottom, not to the top. All right, so very quickly, let's skip the next slide that don't miss this. Let's go to this next one and this worker's parable number B, but let's talk about David for a moment. You remember last week, Psalm chapter 103 of David. <laughs> Maybe David, most of his life was there he was frustrated because he was the person who had given and given and given, and he had dealt with Saul trying to kill him for 14 years after he was the one who was anointed by God. So he was the man who was the 12-hour slave. It's a 12-hour worker. So let's go on to our next slide here. And as that is said, the Lord is merciful and gracious. This is David's words. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide not always keep his anger forever. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. And then the next slide here goes on and he talks more from that passage. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. We don't know exactly when David wrote this, but if he's on the run from Saul, it feels different than after he was the one who committed sin with Bathsheba and killed her husband to cover it up. It's a little different, doesn't it? Because sometimes you are the 12-hour worker, and sometimes you are the one-hour worker, and every time we need God's grace no matter who we are. Can I get an amen on that? It is important. It is important for us to know that we are always in need of God's grace. So real quickly, I'm going to hit these very, very quick. Four steps to gratitude. We talked about choosing thanksgiving over vague frustrations and lingering anger. And that's important because the truth is, is that that's kind of our normal default mode. When we have our mind quiet for a little bit of time, we tend to think about the frustrations rather than the good things. And let's go to our next slide. 
And here, we have to intentionally remember the good to win over that. <clears throat> and this is important, that five-to-one ratio that we often talk about in dealing with relationships, that it takes five positives to overcome one negative. You probably have seen this even on social media, where you have five, 10, 20, 30, 40 great comments, and that one negative that's not even all the way negative, but just a little bit, and you get frustrated, and you spend the next six hours wondering why they said what they said. Can I get an amen? Right? You know what I'm saying? And so why do we do that? We focus on the negative rather than the positive. Well, we got to rehearse those things loud and often to shout down that way of drifting towards the negativity. So don't miss it. It's important. As we go on, let me just share this. We've got to kill the comparisons. I've already shared more than enough. So let's keep moving to something again. If you are here, you know you're in need of God's grace. And this is the way that we always ought to live because we do not have everything in our life together nearly as much as we'd like to think that we do. Let's keep moving very quickly. You guys remember this enemies of gratitude that we talked about? I shared this with you in the first few minutes of our beginning of this series. Here's what it said. It's the Hidden Brain Podcast. The first words, if you make at least $30,000 per year, congratulations, your income is 10 times the global median income, and you're in the top 5% of incomes worldwide. If you're older than 35 years old, congratulations. For much of human history, many people died well before they were even 30 years old. This is why I say it is not about what we believe that we have received. It's what we believe we have received in comparison to other people. We forget that we are living in a blessed land. Never forget that you and I won the lottery living here where we live. And I'm not just talking about Texas, right? And so we've got to be very careful that we just say, thank God that I am here and living where I live because the opportunities are everywhere. Educational opportunities are in front of me. And even then, we also have a church and a God who speaks dramatically in this place that many people do not have that same goodness in their life. And we take for granted that blessing that we have. Let's keep moving to our next slide, the four steps to gratitude that we've got to start and continue in the cycle of your legacy. I shared this with you as we really wrapped up quickly last week. It is just this. Your legacy will be something that your kids will catch, not learn. That's Values are caught and not taught, in other words. And as you are grateful, not hoping that you're grateful, but as you choose to be grateful, your children begin to hear that gratitude is supposed to be a part of our life every day, not just during November. This is what living Thanksgiving is about. It's about living that lifestyle of being grateful for all that God has done. So very quickly, we're going to hit three I apply buys. Two of them are ones that we've already talked about, and then that third one. So let's hit our first I apply by very quickly. We've got to talk back to ourselves so that we are keeping ourselves clear on what is reality rather than what is feeling. And then if you see something positive in your life, say it. 
Speak it out loud and speak it out often as you share the good things that God has put into your life. As you express it, it becomes a part of that thing that you can constantly go back to and it blesses other people. If you see it, say it if it is positive. That's our week one I apply by. Here's our second week I apply by very quickly. Let's go to our next slide. We got to slow down and remember all that God has done in our lives because it's easy for us to forget what God has done. And if we will rehearse it and speak about it and share about it, then it is true that our kids will begin to hear it and it will become part of the legacy. I'm going to slow down for just a quick second and tell you that I have a great belief that God meets needs because my dad has a long list of things that God has done in our family's life. And I know those stories, not because my dad wrote them in a book, but because he would constantly tell the same stories over and over about how God had intervened when it looked like he had no hope. That is my legacy. My inheritance that I have from my parents does not fit in a bank account. It is always in my heart. I want the same thing for my kids. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. All right, so let's go to our fourth slide here, our fourth I apply by. We've got to kill the comparisons. And every time you feel that comparison rising up, here's what I would share with you. In God's greater plan, in God's infinite wisdom, this is my road right now. It is hard to walk a road that you do not want to walk. But this is not your story. This is not my story. This is his story, and in his infinite wisdom, in his all-knowingness, in his all-powerfulness, he has chosen a road for you to walk that there is thanksgiving to be found if you will choose it even when you don't feel it. All right, you're going to learn one more thing today. Let's go to our next slide. How many of you know what a phoropter is? It, this feels like this is going to suck my soul out. I don't know. It just looks like that to me. N any of y'all know what that is? Okay, I'm going to... Now do you know what this is? What is it? It's something where they change the lenses on you so you can see things more clearly. There's not a right or wrong. There's not a single prescription that fits everybody, but you click something in, oh, that's not working, click that out, click this in, oh, that works, I'm seeing it very clearly now, right? This is how you find gratitude in your life. When you can focus on the important things and the actual blessings and not just simply those things that have been given to you, people will click things into your mind that have nothing to do with gratitude or thanksgiving. But here's what I will share. Your life can begin to change. Your outlook can begin to change. The legacy that you leave can begin to change if you will go to your own spot and find the setting where you can say, Lord, it's not perfect, but I am thankful.